0: Welcome everyone to the Rabbit Tree Center Homestead Podcast, where we'll discuss all facets of running and operating a tree. This podcast is intended to be your go-to source of information as we answer all your rabbitry questions and more. And now, from Bath, Michigan, your host, Bobby Jimenez.
1: All right, we're back. We are back. For part two of Getting Your Rabbits Through the Wintertime.
0: Podcast 11.
1: Um, so where the heck do we leave off? We were...
0: Just starting breeding and fertility, uh,
1: at minus 10 degrees. Is where we yeah, negative off. 10, negative 10, you're going to affect, or that's going to affect your fertility and your rabbits. It's going to be difficult. So at that point, you will actually have to either take some time off if it gets that cold, or you're going to have to, if you want to continue to breed, you're going to have to come up with some sort of system where you can keep these rabbits warm, maybe let them, tunnel into a, say a, a garage or a shed that's being heated at least a little bit to bring it up to about you know say freezing yeah and your rabbit can get its fertility back and you can continue to produce through the winter time but unless you have that you know if these rabbits are they just can't get away from those elements then that's what you're gonna you're gonna see will happen so you know frozen kits on the wire it's you know that's Probably like one of the worst things about raising rabbits. Breeding in the winter? Yeah, breeding in the wintertime. And it's enough to make people just not want to try it again. But kindling totes made it possible so we can breed right through the the wintertime. And then basically about 10 days in, we'll wait about 10 days. That's blind time. They have 10 days of blind time anyway. So at that point, we want to make sure all their eyes are open. We can pull them out. We put them into a little tote. We'll check them all. And at that point, we can kind of see which ones need to be addressed, if any. Most of the time, you don't have any issues. And then you'll just... We use a little nesting box that looks like it's already turned on its side. It's a, a design that we just kind of built to mimic a nesting box turned on its side. You can see a video on Makes that. Sense. Uh Throw out your nesting box. I don't like that title, though. Don't throw out your nesting box. <laughs> <laughs> nesting boxes are great. Yeah. So Keep them. Keep them. Yeah, you but that's just... Them. I don't know why I titled that. That Maybe clickbait. (laughs) Dang it. Shame on me. But it's a cool nesting box. We still use them. You know, just somebody asked me the other day. They're like, well, it's been three years. You know, do you still use these? And I see, you know, on day 10. And you said, yes, we do. On day 10. Yeah. They're specifically for that. Like we're not, you know, using this on day one. I I don't recommend that. That's specifically for our kindling tote. If folks are using the kindling tote in the run and that, Rabbitry hutch build because we ha- we have videos showing you how to build this. This is a tool for that. But traditional nesting boxes work great. You can just turn them on their side. So, in the winter time, we'll remove on day ten. We'll remove all the kits out of the nesting box, and at that point, we're done. That's only ten days in there, and then actually, we'll take the litter, we'll take mama, and we'll put them in a thirty-six by thirty-inch cage, and she'll she'll raise them in there. That way, we can continue to look over them every day. Okay. And we can make so sure that they're 100%. They're, then
0: they're okay to be out in the cold?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're fine. I mean after like day Once 3. Once fur and- Yeah, day 3 they have fur. It's it's crazy how good these rabbits are. As long as they can cluster. So quickly to adapt. That's the reason why we use that kindling tote and the reason why we use that nesting box design so they can actually come and go and they'll never ever be kept away from the cluster. It drives mama crazy because she doesn't really have a place She's really like laying flat as she can on the case floor bottom mm-hmm. so the kids can't nurse because it'll drive her crazy.
0: And that doesn't bother her uh, teats or whatever when she's on the frozen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does bother teats. So usually about um, – well, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, she can lay down and she can keep them from nursing.
0: But she doesn't get hers frozen to them. To the what? Uh, to the wire.
1: No. No. No, she she won't. I mean, she, they're so warm. Yeah. So
0: so it's not like they hemorrhage her milk or anything like that if she's putting pressure on them.
1: No, nope, no, nope. they're. I mean, you can get mastitis, you know, which is an infection in the nipple region. You know, you could get blockage. It can get irritated, and if it gets really red and and you see that, and I mean, she, that can even cause a fever. And um I'm that you're touching your nipples while explaining this. <laughs>
0: Well, he wanted to, you know, explain visually.
1: Well, that's, <laughs> really just, helps. that's just what I do. I always, <laughs> that's just how I talk. <laughs> it's a nervous twitch. Uh, I'm animated. I'm a hand talker. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where actually when, if you do ever experience that, which we did have one rabbit years ago, uh, have mastitis. She actually won't produce in that nipple anymore. And you're going to have to, you know, just be prepared that she, you may even see one less kit from her yeah because of that so but uh they'll still so produce that, milk is that a other... way
0: that you can tell how many kids she's capable of having is by the number of teats
1: yeah you may i mean if it, it, not always but you may you may see that so just be prepared interesting but uh but yeah that's just you know one of those things another reason why you want to keep your cages clean another reason why you want to make sure you you try your best to to brush the cage floor bottoms to even use a propane tor- torch, those little propane torches that you, you know use for camping or whatever. You just use that to burn the bottom. This will disinfect any kind of bacteria and it will, you know, take care of that. It'll keep your cage floor bottoms clean between litters. This is a good thing to do, you know, remove your rabbits and try your best to, to clean that because, like you said, you know, you have your rabbits laying down on the cage floor bottom, and- right?
0: Right. So, as far as processing, um, you know, some of the th- things that you might. Deal with frozen hoses, ice melting the walks for sales that are coming over.
1: You know, preparing to fill buckets with at the faucets. Yeah, if you're going to be filling up your buckets, you're definitely going to need to use some sort of spigot that's heated, like even an indoor faucet. You're going to need buckets of warm water because your hoses where you're processing your rabbits, and you're probably going to have rabbits to uh, rabbits. (laughs) You're probably going to have rabbits to process. Because things slow down in the wintertime. Yeah. But Rusty brought up a good point. Like if you have sales, you're going to have to shovel your sidewalk. You're going to have to shovel your driveway. You're going to have to have this ready because folks, it, it needs to be really safe. You got to salt, make sure. And we've talked about, you know, your overhanging branches, your yard, make sure from point A to point B, they can. Real quick story. One time this old lady showed up. I mean, we're talking like 80. She got her boots on and walked in the snow. She was from up north Michigan. She just drove from the tip of the mitten. Walked all the way back to my rabbitry and got her rabbits. And I was very impressed, but it was really dangerous. And at that point I realized I can't let people do that. You know, and she was one of the most able bodied eighty year olds I'd ever seen. Yeah. But that was, yeah, she fell, that was a nervous wreck. I was a nervous wreck the whole time. She would have fell or anything like yeah, that.
0: My, it would you would have been on you probably. So yeah, these are things.
1: Yeah, you got to think about that kind of stuff. Keeping people safe,
0: especially if you're inviting them into your environment. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's why you know you may want to have a a rabbit pickup station that's near the driveway. You no, know, that was one thing that started that stuck with us since COVID. We started doing sales out front, and we never went back because it was so convenient it was so it was so much easier for the customer for us everything's there ready to go they get out of the car there we answer their questions we load so up then, their rabbits and they're ready so
0: you know which one they're going to get when they're on their way to you yeah or do you like, have like a couple in the cage to select from
1: yep yeah in most cases we have a couple options but we'll we'll pick their rabbits out for them Uh usually they're looking for a specific color specific uh breed specific Eye color, all these things. It gets right down to the, the body size. And I'll pick out the best rabbit. When they show up, we'll go over the rabbit. They have every opportunity to pass. But I mean, I think we have like a 99% that where people have always picked up and been happy. Our, our rabbit tree will get to you know their rabbits that when their litters are available, they'll be able, they'll get really good at pairing up rabbits and pairing up tri- trios for people. So. You know, I I really recommend that you know you trust a a breeder, especially a breeder that's been doing it for years, because you're probably going to get set up pretty good. So, and then you can always read the reviews these days on Google. I hope my reviews are good. I better I should read those.
0: <laughs> so, what are some other things that? uh I mean, when you mentioned like slow sales during the winter time,
1: yeah, things just slow down in the wintertime. Most people aren't setting up their rabbitry. They're not, you know, building their rabbitry when it's you know, foot of snow on the ground. So, and you'll even notice that, you know, even if you have things available, folks are like, ah, can I put it off until March? You know, is there, and you'll run into that. So even consider, this is another reason why, you know, frozen kits on the wire, like, slow sales. Well, sails. the rabbit's
0: going to be full grown by then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's a lot of rabbits. The more rabbits you have, the more rabbits you have to run out there and water and feed and care for. and yeah. So you may want to think about slowing things down Uh, even with all the challenges that, that winter brings, you know, that's another reason to maybe, um, try to breed more at a certain time of year. Unless your sales, unless you're in the position where you have lots of reservations to fill and folks are already set up, you know, because you do have those cases too. But just, just be aware of that, you know, and when folks are coming out to pick these rabbits up, it can be tough, you know, to get out there and keep everything salted and keep the calls coming in and keep your chores up and, so, getting back to processing so how much
0: How much water do you need to process a rabbit?
1: I usually take a bucket to dunk the rabbit in because when you're processing the rabbit, you're gonna have that fur flying around like it the wind, you don't realize it, but it will float around it's so weightless, and it will get in your eyelashes, your mouth it's very unpleasant sounds delicious, so yeah, you're just sitting there spitting the whole time <laughs> so. I recommend wet the rabbit, just dunk the entire rabbit as soon as you get done dispatching and hang it up, let it drip into your, your bucket, your waste bucket.
0: I think we, uh, that's actually going to be a good topic down the road as far as dispatching the different ways that you can.
1: Yeah, that's a great, but, um, great idea.
0: So maybe we should do that for the next pod podcast.
1: Yeah, I won't go through the whole processing thing, but I'll just talk about the challenges in the wintertime. I mean, you're going to have cold hands, but what's nice is the rabbit's warm. So the rabbit will actually warm you up. You know, I like to process with latex gloves, but in the summertime, spring, summer, and fall, I like to bring the hose right out there and hook it onto the shed. You can't do that in the wintertime. I don't have to dunk the rabbit in the spring, summer, and fall. I can just spray it down really quick with the garden hose even if I need to rewet the the rabbit.
0: We're getting ready to uh, go into our product break. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about – I'd like to back up a little bit and talk about how you go about picking the rabbit that you're going to process. Sure. How, how those choices are made of the ones that you are going to process, the ones you're going to keep for, for breeding and selling. And then also – Uh, I think it's important to give people an idea of of some of the common tools that you use uh, when you are processing a rabbit as far as uh, different aspects of of the tools that you might utilize for for that. Okay. All right. So um, today's product, why don't you tell us a little bit about – pick this particular glove because this is one you actually use yourself.
1: Yeah, these gloves are really cool and it's (laughs) – these are something that you actually – Loaned me years ago and I had never tried and I fell in love with them. I'm like, what are, where have these been all my life?
0: Yeah, when I was doing uh, landscape
1: and and snow removal. yeah, Yeah, they're insulated, they're insulated gloves for the wintertime. They're waterproof rubber, like a neoprene something composite on the outside they don't breathe so the one warning i give you is don't get don't put wet hands into these gloves because the moisture will stay in there you and they don't breathe so try your best to stay dry to keep your hands dry or dry them off before you use these because these gloves should last you all winter long and you can work the water bowls. You can go out there and take care of your chores, work the hay. And they're just, they're incredible. So
0: Yeah, I actually use these over top of my regular gloves for ice fishing. So yeah. you can get your hand in the water. Oh, you
1: can pull in the line. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think okay. that's on the ice fishing video. Take it yeah, away.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm wearing them on there. Uh, keep your hands warm at minus 58 Fahrenheit. Men's winter gloves are made with 100% acrylic terry, 100% nylon, which keeps your hands warm in cold weather. Perfect snow gloves for husbands who work outside when shoveling snow. Windproof and waterproof gloves 100% waterproof and windproof palm, back, and all fingers with the loose exclusive double-coated technology. HPT first coating, microfoam second coating. Keep your hands warm and drop in the water as low as minus 58 Fahrenheit. Unisex heated gloves. Now no need to wear thin inner gloves. These insulated work gloves are perfect for your daily use. Either you are driving or riding motorcycle or dealing with snow must have gloves the double coated palm and finger can still remain soft and flexible these work gloves men meet the ansi industrial standard ansi abrasion 3 ansi cut level a3 ansi puncture 2. money back guarantee these gloves are for men cold weather features a 15 gauge black nylon shell with a 7 gauge acrylic terry interior lighter comes with 30 days money back guarantee note Gloves risk band color are different for associated size as a way of
1: easy identification of the size. Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: they work really good. I highly recommend them.
1: <laughs> they are incredible. And I mean, these aren't the kind of things like you buy ski gloves and you have them for, you know, five seasons because you only go out there and use them a couple times or three times a season. These are work gloves. You're going to use them every time you go out to do your chores and they're going to last you the winter. You're going to buy a new pair every year. You know, And I love them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, They're they're
1: great gloves. Multi, multi use.
0: Okay. So back to, uh, again, let's back up. Obviously, you must have a certain number in mind as far as how many rabbits you want to keep going forward. And, um, what is that number by chance?
1: Well, we like to run four bucks and four does. So as far as our breeders go, we're going to keep those all the time. We don't, we don't process those until, you know, their productivity goes down. But But do you keep some to sell above that number? Well, our litters uh, at the rabbitry center, 99% of them, most of them are sold. You know, we don't have- Already before they even yeah, born. And in, in some cases, because we don't regrow out our rabbits here. And this is only our system. I You know, folks all over the world are raising rabbits according to their needs. So we help folks get started at our rabbitry. We specialize, I know I'm telling you something you already know, but we specialize in videos that help folks get started. So most of our rabbits, videos? most of our rabbits that said, this is, I'm setting this up that said, <laughs> you have a website, <laughs> you should go on it. That said, Rusty never has been on I'm a website. Not, I'm not
0: much of a computer person. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. According to all the times Gabe has had to help Rusty <laughs> over yeah. the, on the podcast, but, um, now I'm starting to forget what I was saying.
0: Uh you were bashing me about being the uh, IT illiterate? No, before that.
1: Yeah, so so because of that, you know, the, the fact that we specialize in that, our rabbits are sold. So, you know, our, our reservations, we have lots of folks waiting for for rabbits. So we don't usually pr- produce a lot of rabbits. We still have meat in the freezer, but those, the bucks that are processed, um, I said bucks, I just said it. Uh, the rabbits that are processed are bucks. These are just rabbits that aren't, because we're going to have bucks on the litters that are coming in, because we often t- say our rabbitry it's almost like a rabbit hotel because there's rabbits leaving and there's new rabbits showing up and we'll have more bucks available. rabbits sleeping in
0: the freezer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those bucks have already went, went to freezer camp, they call it. Yeah, them. there you go. So, and we don't grow them out. You know, folks are are purchasing their rabbits uh, around two to three months. We are processing fryers that way. We don't, we won't have roasters and that way we keep everything balanced. Over yeah. the years, we did have at one point too many rabbits. There was, there's been many times when we were starting out figuring out what not to do or not to breed our rabbits constantly, not to breed every single rabbit we have available because then, you know, you have busy time and then an off time.
0: And that, what was that like? What did you end up
1: doing? I ended up figuring out how to balance it and and only breed. Well, this is just us, but we breed half our, our herd. We breed half of our breeders. That way we have everything is balanced, half the work and it's something all the time. We always have, you know, uh, sales. We always have meat that sort of thing.
0: So how long do you wait to process a rabbit? I mean, knowing that that, that rabbit is going to be the one probably that's going to go to the freezer. How long do you wait? I mean, is there a certain weight do you want it to get to? Is there a certain length?
1: Yeah. You want it to get at least five pounds. I mean, at least, I mean, as far as that's really our goal. I mean, we, and we can hit those, we can even hit uh, six pounds sometimes, but that's at 12 weeks and we're processing usually 10 to 11 weeks and some folks do that they do they hit these target weights and but if you are looking towards a weight you may lose that fryer you may go actually into roaster stage so that's why in order to keep everything tender um you know you you process at the right age you age it correctly you're going to have really tender meat when you're eating it but instead of picking rabbits that have the best growth cuz you'll notice it when these litters are growing out some will be bigger than others and you'll say boy keeping track of all this keeping records of this I can tell that this litter is always bigger and those are those kind of grow genetics that I talk about like with Arnold Schwarzenegger you know his son has just got shoulders like boulders you know yeah and those are the kind of things you want those those good genes so try to continue you want shoulders like boulders boy that was that was spot on <laughs> it, was a, it was a spontaneous attempt, so I more like was right here. more like Hans and Franz so oops, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're just you know that's something that you should pay attention to too. a lot of folks are breeding for color, a lot of folks are breeding for shape, but there's also grow out speed, you know fast grow outs, and there's so many good meat breeds that will already have those those grow out genetics. Rabbits do grow out really fast but some are even better than others and try to pay attention to that.
0: Do you think that food that you feed the rabbits has any effect on the way they taste?
1: Oh yeah. You know, I well, I think more than anything, you know, I think from start to finish you have to process your meat. You have to be conscious of what you're feeding your animals. Even a processed if you're feeding it processed foods, it's it's no longer organic. You know, you have to feed organic food if you want an actual organic product. Yeah and i think it starts with that good quality feed keeping your rabbit where it has everything it needs to produce a quality product is you know something that starts with feed um i think that when you process the animal you have to keep everything from start to finish clean but i don't think it's like the end of the world though if you're processing a little bit of you know manure comes out of the the colon or something as you're probably I mean you're rinsing it off immediately you're going to i like to put the meat you know, into the, we'll talk more about that on another podcast. But I mean, I think that you really do need to do the best you can.
0: Okay. So going back to the processing process, um, you said that you have a bucket that you dip the wrap in to get mm-hmm. it wet. How many other buckets do you have, do you need? I mean, cause I would think that you'd want another one, like you said, after you get done processing it to rinse it off and get any of that manure or whatever off of it. And is there a third bucket that you use to actually scrub the the rabbit before it goes to the, I, I would imagine, vacuum
1: process is the next step. Okay. I mean,
0: you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, cutting it up and, and then bagging it.
1: Did I answer the question originally when you were talking about um, at what age do I process the rabbit? You said five pounds. Some folks will wait until they're a certain pound or a certain weight. But I like to process... At ten to eleven weeks, so I'm always processing fryers regardless. But and they, always, on
0: average, would be five pounds by then.
1: Yeah, they, our rabbits over over the years, we've concentrated those rabbits, or our breeders on rabbits that have good grow genetics. So, and we're always looking at the rabbits that have litters that grow faster than others. So, so what we like to shoot for a time, regardless of weight, where other people may grow out as a weight, but I don't want to surpass the the fryer time. I want to mm-hmm. keep everything. At 10 to 11 weeks.
0: And I don't know if I, I probably asked you this in the past podcast, but I'm going to ask again. Um, once, once you get to the roaster stage, is a dough a better eater than a buck? Have you noticed any difference in the flavor?
1: No, no, I haven't. And as far as like weight, I haven't noticed the consistency like where the doughs are more fatty. Uh, yeah. So I mean, back. like
0: the buck doesn't have a mm-hmm. stronger, uh, or a larger like rear thigh, or... and I can't really
1: speak to that too because in most cases I'm not really processing roasters. You know, we, yeah. we usually sell our roasters. I'm sorry, our roasters. We usually um sell our uh, breeders as pets. Yeah, and you know we have we have had some roasters over the years, and they're they're delicious. So, but that's what's really popular in Europe is the roasters more than the fryers. And why is that? I don't know. Can they boil a lot more? I don't know, maybe they're they bigger. Boil their food more. Maybe it's the dishes that's worth a Google. Could be. So Could be. Gabe, I'm sorry. Are we keep are we keeping you up? <laughs> He's over here yawning.
0: <laughs> okay, so what tools are you utilizing for your processing? I mean, uh Gable hook.
1: Processing in the winter. Well, it's that warm. We're carrying out buckets of warm water. We got our, we got our knives. Um, we got this little pop up table and because it's just a little different, you got snow out there and everything. And first things first, you got to go out there and usually shovel. Oh, well, you know what? Last year was our first year with our garage and that was great because we had our little lift out there. Yeah. And we put down some six mil plastic. Just down the right below the lift. You love that plastic. So yeah, I mean you you are going to be able to it use, for use it for everything. You're going to be able to use it for so much. You can stuff. use it
0: to tarp your boat.
1: You can use it to um, tarp your uh, greenhouse, your windows, your wind blocks. Um, your you can wrap up hay with it if you're if you're getting rain. You can you can wrap up your hay just to keep your hay dry. So what what are you talking about? So no on the boat. No, you don't wrap your boat with it.
0: No, I was saying cover your boat with it.
1: No, and that needs like canvas. Yeah. It's I just like use a, a tarp. It's like a denim. What is that? It's like a tough yours is
0: yours is a denim
1: canvas on your boat? Yeah, it's even like it's like that same material that's like um, you know, over like a even a grill. I mean it's like that tough canvas stuff. Huh. It's like a tent. No? Nylon? Where'd you get your top? <laughs> I I just use a
0: tarp. I I, I built that that uh, you just echo, use a tarp that echo skeleton and i just strapped the tarp over the echo skeleton so it's echo like skeleton? a big well it's like a big fin i bought like oh, a big you, fin do for you the mean boat
1: exoskeleton?
0: what did you i mean say echo skeleton oh yeah so it's like an echo <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a That's bunch funny. of skele- skeletons Wheelbarrow.
1: Wheel barrel <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, so I just built a frame that – like a big fin in the middle of the boat and I put the tarp over it and that keeps all the snow, you know, sliding oh, off. That's cool.
1: I mean, I, I got, you know, a top specifically for the right length for my boat and everything, but I still did have to buy – or a bunch of PVC, one and yeah, a half that's inch. What, that's what I made it out of. Yeah, and I built my little, you know, support. Yeah. I tried using those little poles. Those things, they don't work. A little bit of snow, it's over. Maybe, maybe in the south.
0: So your knives and your table –
1: yeah, I got my table out there, my um and then I it's different in the summertime. Um I'll have Ziploc bags. I always have my little tub. So But so in the winter tempor-
0: you just use the zip like the Ziploc bags temporarily though. you yeah, it's you, just you have go a, from one a to...
1: vacuum packer
0: that you use, right?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll go through it the whole thing. But as far as like wintertime processing in the wintertime, that's all I'm doing. I'm putting down six mil. You know, I'm I, I have my buckets ready to go. The plastic, not the money. Yeah, and, and the yeah, the six mil plastic. I wish I had six mil ready to go for processing. But yeah, I mean, and everything's pretty much the same after that. It's just it's just chilly out there, you know, in the wintertime.
0: Any things that, uh, any little tips or um, shortcuts that you've learned over the years of processing from when you used to do it to maybe how you do it now?
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, heck, you know, you don't have to do the traditional hang your rabbit, and, and skin it so you can keep the, the, the hide, especially if you're not, you know, keeping the fur. You know, geez, uh, my dad and I used to go cottontail hunting. And when we would get our rabbits, we would just snip right in the middle of the rabbit and it would pull apart from to the points. And then we just snip yeah. the points. It was just like, it's done in 10 seconds. So. That's definitely a faster way to go. If you just want to get right down to business, if you just want to process it right on the ground, maybe on some plastic, you don't have to always six mil. You don't have six mil. Rusty's new to six mil. <laughs> he loves it. So yeah, I'm a fan. It's like duct tape.
0: I love duct tape.
1: That's definitely I one love way flex to flex tape too. Flex tape is good. Yeah. Electric tape is the best.
0: Um, I actually think that, that metal duct tape works really darn good. I use that on my door jams in my garage and stuff.
1: The vent duct tape? Yeah. That's great. It works really yeah. good. What about the double-sided heavy-duty double tape? We could talk about tape all day.
0: I could, literally. I should start a podcast about tape.
1: I didn't know you also love tape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a podcast tape. How, how many things can we use in the rabbit industry with tape? The Tape Center. There you go. Podcast. The
1: Tape Center. All but right. anyway...
0: Any different ideas that you've learned,
1: shortcuts, tips? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do
0: anything differently now than you used to.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. You know, back in the day, I never used to, you know, keep the, the ears. I never used to keep the feet. I, you know, because that's the thing. It's, and we can talk more about it on the processing podcast, but you know, there's, there's things that when you're starting out, there's these small goals, um, that, you know, first you just want to maybe, sell a rabbit, or you just want to process your first rabbit, or you just want to, you know, process your first litter and fill the freezer, that's, that's awesome. And you don't have to uh necessarily, you know, dehydrate the ears or, um, you know, put your rabbits in alcohol or put your rabbits feet in alcohol. So you can now process all the feet. and There's all these different things you can process the hides. I didn't do all that in the beginning. And now.
0: But you do that now. Oh yeah. Are rabbit ears like. Pig ears and cow ears, where like you can make dog toys. Yeah, just dehydrate them. them.
1: Yeah, interesting. Right around a couple hundred degrees in the oven, and for a half hour or so, and it dehydrates it, and uh, and you can just basically vacuum pack those for for dog treats. Well,
0: that's a great way to utilize every piece of the animal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, then you're making lucky rabbits' feet all the time. You know, every single rabbit is two lucky rabbits' feet, and so yeah. Let's let's do a podcast on processing. Let's let's do the next rabbitry podcast on processing from start to finish
0: all right well we've also wrapped up another episode episode 11
1: yeah thanks so much for listening you guys you can always go to the rabbitry and check out uh, more of our content videos uh, check out the storefront all those products that we talked about as well as our courses and services thanks so much everybody for listening we'll see you next time thanks for listening